Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the Relatable Homeschoolers. This is episode 22, and tonight we're talking scheduling and rhythms. Hi, friends. We're glad to be back with you. Let's start off by first defining the difference between rhythm and schedule, because some people will say like, oh, well, our, our schedule is this, or we don't, we don't go by a schedule. We have a rhythm. Harmony, do you want to explain a little bit of the difference there? Sure. So a schedule... Most people, when they think of a schedule, are thinking of time that is blocked out, like you're doing something at nine o'clock or at 9.30 or at 10 o'clock and it lasts for so long and then you're moving on to the next thing. And some families do operate within um, a schedule of that kind where things are timed out or you have a certain time of the day to do something. And a rhythm, on the other hand, would be more like we do things in this order and it doesn't really depend on time. It's more of a flow from one thing to the next. And you can combine the two. Um, I kind of have a schedule with a rhythm within the schedule and figure out what works for you. So they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but uh, it just depends, I think, on personality and on stage of life and how you want your homeschool to look. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I would say I started off homeschooling as a scheduler, and I would say now I am more rhythm based. Annie, what about you? Would you lean more towards schedule or rhythm? I think a healthy dose of both. I think we have somewhat of a schedule to our days, mm-hmm. um, particularly days of the week where certain things happen. You know, we have youth group on Wednesdays and, you know, piano lessons on Tuesday mornings. And those things are, are scheduled and, and built into part of our rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, Heather, I started off pretty scheduled with a bunch of littles. And then as they've gotten more autonomy over mm-hmm. a schedule, over their own rhythm of how they want to learn and structure their day, we've gone to more rhythm rather than a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you say your year looks like? Do you keep the same schedule slash rhythm throughout the whole year or does that change depending on different factors? Annie? It it changes based on kind of the farming year. Um, summertime is really busy for us. Um, we are up early. We're working outside for a good share of the day. Um, it stays lighter here much longer. And so we're working farther into the evening. So it just requires us to be outside more. We like to take a break in the, the heat of the day. So about noon to three, four o'clock, we like to come inside, take a little break. And that's when we do uh, a, a good chunk of our school uh, during the summer months. I tend to lighten up in the summer months. I don't give them a lot of those extras uh, that we do uh, in the winter time. And then when we start to settle down come fall, that's when I'll add in an extra subject. Um, I do not add that in the spring when we're ramping up. Um, I don't add it in the summer when we're busy. If I'm going to add a subject 
um, at any point, I'm going to add it into the fall. So uh, my oldest, she started French this year. That's something I, I waited to add until the fall. They can take a little more of a breath. It's not like, uh, oh, I've got this new thing and I'm more work outside and nope, we're slowing down outside. We can add something to our inside responsibilities. Mm-hmm. What about you, Harmony? Oh, it's an interesting question, actually, because I've had the same rhythm slash schedule for years since the beginning, and it's all of a sudden not working. So I'm actually in a state of rhythm and schedule flux. I work full-time from home. So I have always, up until this year, I start the day out with an hour of homeschool with them, and we do um, our morning time or circle time together. So Bible story, hymn, poetry, those kinds of things that that I do with both of them. And then I would let them go play, have free time, get outside, you know, spend their morning how they want to. And then we would come back together at lunch. I would do read alouds during lunch and then sit down with them and I'd go back to work and they sit would sit at the table with me or desk with me and do the work that they can do independently. So handwriting, math, which my oldest pretty much is independent and all of that. And my younger one needs a little bit of supervision. I'll check her math when she's done, or if she needs help with something, I can pause and and respond to that. That afternoon block is a disaster right now. Everyone is tired. And I don't know if it's because we moved from the South back home to the Midwest and they've been, you know, cooped up. It's cold out. Everybody's just draggy, but there's been so much whining and crying. So I've always tried to figure out, I don't really schedule within those blocks of time. We just flow from one thing into the next and we have an order Mm -hmm. and I use a loop schedule too, which we can talk about in addition, what that looks like. And those things fit into that rhythm, but it's just not working to have things going on in the afternoon and a traditional schedule, like a Charlotte Mason schedule, which I'm fairly Charlotte Mason-y in my approach. The afternoons are the time for the kids to do independent things in what she writes about in her volumes is that the, like the academic work that has to be supervised, the things you're doing is together are done in the morning. And then they go off in the afternoon to do handicrafts, nature study, play outside, do all of that. And like, maybe that is what we need. They need to go outside in the afternoons. They mm-hmm. need to have their free, their free time in the afternoons. We're even struggling mm-hmm. with piano practice, which is mm-hmm. odd. So, right. and we did just move everybody, you know, I had COVID we've gone through mm-hmm. all kinds of transitional stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be a catalyst, but it also could just be seasonal. So I don't quite know what's going to work. And that's the beauty of homeschooling is that we're just going to trial and error it until we get back into a space where everyone is functioning well and happy. Mm -hmm. I know I've struggled with that before, like wanting to have a rhythm, but then not having any week look exactly the same as the week before. And that's hard. I know for us right now, like I say, we work more on a rhythm but honestly, it's a daily rhythm because none of our days are identical. My girls are teens and they babysit one morning a week. We go to co-op one day a week. I work one day of the week out of the house. And so every day looks different. It just does. But I know I always used to struggle with wanting, you know, to have the same schedule or same rhythm every single day. And, you know, something would mess that up, you know. A kid would get sick or we'd have a doctor's appointment or there'd be, you know, I don't know, just something that took us out of the house that would mess with the schedule or rhythm of it. Sure. And we had, so it's kind of like you have a Monday rhythm and a Tuesday rhythm and a Wednesday rhythm and each day of the week has its own rhythm. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. That's what, and that kind of works well for us now, instead of trying to figure out how to make each day look the same, like we just have how we do Mondays and how, you know, Tuesdays my, is my heavy time with my boys in the morning because the girls are out of the house. And so that's like my really solid day with them, like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Monday is kind of like everybody's here. And so I'm helping everybody with little, like, that's when I touch base with my girls and be like, okay, how are you on your math? Are you all cut up? Or is there anything you need explaining and stuff like that? So we have daily rhythms for each day of the week. Yeah, um, that's that's a good encouragement for people who need to know that you can be flexible and right. that homeschooling can work for you and every day doesn't have to look the same. I think that's key. Flexibility and grace, because I used to beat myself up a lot when I couldn't maintain it. I would feel like I failed, right? Yeah. So definitely grace for, for it in all things. With that, feeling like a failure, right? How do you recognize when a schedule is no longer working and it's not just you not being, you know, implementing it right, but it's just not working. And when you recognize that, what do you do? Well, I think, I think first of all, you can't jump to conclusions too quickly. Like we all have bad weeks or even a bad month. But when February, <laughs> February in Michigan, Heather hates February. Um, I think of her every, every time I go outside in the snow and I'm like, Oh, the beautiful snow and it's sunny. And I'm like, Oh, Heather is miserable right now. Cause there's- and I'm like, I see grass. I see grass. <laughs> the snow is finally melting here. We have had snow on the ground. This total rabbit trail here, but we've had snow on the ground in Michigan since just after Christmas. So it's been a long haul with snow on the ground the whole time. Annie's fir- buried in snow. We don't even need to ask her. She's South Dakota. My first North year. Dakota. North Dakota. North Dakota. Sorry. Sorry. That's even my worse. Fir- my first year here, I didn't see the grass from Christmas. Literally. It never went away. It was the worst. <laughs> So okay. anyway, back, um, back, back to back the topic. To <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you can't jump to conclusions too quickly. So if you're having a bad week, it doesn't mean, oh, I need to change the schedule. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it, you, you can get in that mode where you're like, this isn't working because you had, you know, one bad day or a bad week. And so I'd say give it a little bit and then... You know, if if a number of weeks go by or you get to the point where it's been like a month and things are clearly still, you know, just kind of a shambles, then, then right. maybe you just try to identify what is the issue? What is making people unhappy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, ask your kids. And it doesn't mean you're always going to get an answer for them. Right now, mine are telling me we're fine. We don't want to change anything. I'm like, no, we definitely need to change something because this is you guys are not mm-hmm. happy and not cooperative right. and this is not going well. So they mm-hmm. might say that, but your kids can sometimes. I've had times when I've every year actually, we will revisit our rhythm within our time blocks. And I will say, what do you want to change? Uh, and, and ask for input. So, but this, you know, it's good to get feedback from your kids. Mm-hmm. too. And to let them have autonomy where they can handle it. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that before, letting them have a little bit of the buy-in. Yeah. Annie, do you have anything to add there? Yes. Last year, about this time, we all get done. The mm-hmm. kids are done. The moms are done. The dads are done. We're done. And so last year, my kids uh, went around me and they went to the principal. They went to dad <laughs> and they said, mom is so unfair. She's not giving us any time to play. Mm. so the principal and I had a little staff meeting and he said like the kids are really upset like they don't feel like they have enough time to play and I said they don't have enough time to play because they keep playing during school time and I got tired of monitoring them right correcting them like calling them back checking on them do you have this done do you have this done do you have your chores done do you have your schoolwork done 
So I just printed off, just I Googled the weekly schedule and that had broken uh, into hours or even half hours. I can't remember what it was. Just printed it off. I printed four copies. Three kids and I sat down and I said, okay, we're going to build in playtime. We're going to build in school time and chore time and whatever else we have. We're going to build it into the schedule together. So we marked off the things that we pulled out. So like youth group, and we picked up some other kids on our way. So we knew we had to be done with stuff, getting ready to get in the car at about three o'clock. So from three o'clock on, that's youth group time. Right. And then Sunday morning, we had to block off you know, our church time and whatever. You, you block off your co-op classes, whatever is on your schedule. And then you work from there. And then Mm -hmm. I asked the kids, okay, so what time do you guys want to get up? We want to get up at 730, which was earlier than I kind of wanted them to get up because I like a little (laughs) quiet time in the morning, but we're going to go with it. Okay. So set your alarms or I can get you up. What do you prefer there? Well, they wanted alarm clocks. Use them. Okay, great. They designed the schedule. I said, you know, you got to build, do you want to have breakfast before or after you do your outside chores? Take care of your animals. Well, we want to have breakfast before and then we'll go right out to do that. Okay, then I will plan to have breakfast between this time and this time. So we really sat down and they were, well, it was last year. So they were 10, 11, and 12. And I was really proud of the way they structured it and they talked together and they they worked it out and it worked really well. And they they felt like when there was playtime scheduled in where my oldest could go ride her horse, the other two could go play, they could read, whatever they wanted to do, that was their free time. When they knew that was on the schedule, it wasn't as hard to get them to do their schoolwork mm-hmm. when schoolwork was on the schedule and so was playtime. Mm-hmm. So we're we're back to the point where I've already printed them out. They're sitting on my desk. We're going to do that again mm-hmm. because we've, we've gotten off track. Um, they're, again, we're done. They're getting resentful that I'm making them do all this work. And so just get everybody communicating and get everybody uh, to have that ownership and buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier as the parent to say, you guys said you were doing schoolwork from 10 until noon. So that's what we need to do right now. Right. Yeah. I think that's really good. Like letting them have the buy-in and schedule it, but also even if it's not, even if you are the one creating the schedule or the rhythm, letting them know what it is ahead of time, right? Letting them know like, oh, well, I, if I get this, this, and this done, then, you know, my kids knew when they were little, then they got to watch a show or something like that. Like if they know the order that things are being done and, you know, when they get to get it done, then it's their free time. I think that is also beneficial to them. Yeah, I agree. So what about resources for scheduling or rhythm? I know for me starting out, it was really helpful to see how other homeschool moms scheduled their day. And there was a book called Managers of Their Home. And it broke down basically really like a schedule, like an hourly schedule. And just seeing how other moms scheduled their days were, was so beneficial to me. I use that same resource, Heather. We've talked about it. We loved it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it was helpful, uh, especially for those of you. Now, my three are bang, bang, boom. They're all a year apart. But mm-hmm. if you've got some space, if you've got some bigs and you've got some littles and your littles need to practice uh, holding a pencil and cutting with a scissors, that book was great at building into a schedule when your oldest can do cutting with the little one, you know, right. And that pull in those other kids to help mm-hmm. with each other. And I love that part of it because then I didn't feel like I had to do it all myself. Right. That other people can have a role in the homeschool and maybe one kid, you know, a day is starting supper or or something like that. Just if you can look at everybody as having their own schedule and how can we then integrate the schedules. That book was mm-hmm. amazing at that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harmony, what else do you have for resources? Oh, a couple of different things I've used. One is Pam Barnhill's Plan Your Year. Um, mm-hmm. and she has she has everything too. from vision casting to different kinds of scheduling. We talked about the loop scheduling. And what a loop schedule is, is simply for subjects that you don't necessarily want to do every day. So maybe like art or composer study or, you know, whatever it is. And you simply put those in a list. And then when you come to that point in your day where you're going to do the loop, you do one or two or whatever you have time for. And then the next day, you just pick up the next one in the list and you run it in a loop. So it's not necessarily like you have a Monday subject and a Tuesday subject. And you might have seven that you're looping. You might have three that you're looping, Mm -hmm. but you put it in that loop and you just rotate. So um, she covers that. She covers traditional scheduling. She has a lot of printable forms that come with with that and they're helpful and you can customize them mm-hmm. too. Doesn't um, Sarah McKenzie in teaching from rest talk about the loop scheduling too? She does. And she also is really big on notebooks now and her kids are old enough, um, especially when her two oldest girls, I think kind of hit the teen years, she started using just spiral notebooks. And so every night she would sit down real, you know, quickly after dinner and say this, for each kid, write out a page. This is what you have to do tomorrow. And mm-hmm. then they had like a checklist for that day. And it didn't, you know, sometimes planning out too far in advance, then you get behind. Right. So, you know, it's like, you just look at where, what did they get done today? What do they need to do tomorrow? And then they could, they could handle it independently. So Annie, kind of like we've talked before, your kids, you know, have a list of things they have to accomplish by the end of the week and they have the week to do it and then they turn it into you. So mm-hmm. you have school time during the day, right? But you're, they do some things they're responsible for managing their school time to some degree. Yep. So they'll, yeah, they can choose if they want to do all of their copy work on Monday. I had a kid to get all their copy work done today. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you can choose to do that. Or if you want to do right. a little bit each day, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. One thing I do with my kids uh, now that they're a little older, um, just at back to school time, I got one of those planner, you know, smaller planners, student planners, and they show the week at a time on a, on two pages. There's a week there. And so on most Monday mornings, we'll sit down and just talk about the week and I'll bring my bullet journal and I'll sit down with them. We're probably still all in our jammies and we're just going to talk about the week and then they know what we've got planned. So we just came out of um, livestock judging season where we were gone every weekend. We had a a contest every weekend. Well, my kids have until Saturday night to get their schoolwork done. But if we're gone all day on Saturday, then they don't have that time. So if we're going to, if I'm going to ask my kids 
to be responsible for their time and, you know, take charge of, of all this, then I also need to warn them when things are going to impact their schedule. So it's important that my kids know um, what's going on for the week in case they need to adjust their plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sense. I think that that's really good too. Like I just added um, at the beginning of this year, I invited my both my daughters to our Google Calendar so they could see it. So that they would know in advance of different things that we had going on. And it just helped them because, you know, sometimes I might forget to say, like, I have this meeting on this night or something, you know, and you'd be like, oh, I I was hoping you'd help me with math tonight, you know. I'm like, no, sorry, I have a meeting or I have a podcast recording, right? <laughs> so now it it was really, they have really appreciated being able to see um, our family's Google calendar um, so that they can see what times things, you know, are going on and stuff like that. So they can plan because they're both in high school and for the most part, they have their own schedule and rhythms for their schoolworks that they do. They know what needs to get done every day, but they manage it for the most part themselves. So yeah, do you ladies have-, have something different between teens and youngers. And my oldest is more, well, she's like fourth grade. And so she's tweenish getting there and mm-hmm. she's can be relied upon. And my younger, my six-year-old is still at the uh, parent at your elbow kind of thing. I have to be there in the room. She's not just going to do her handwriting. She's not just going to do her math. I have to be present. Right. So right. every stage is a bit different. Well, and for me, they they have autonomy over their schedule Monday through Thursday. And then I will touch base Thursday evening. How are you doing? Where are you at? And if they are behind, uh, they have to sit with mom Friday and Saturday. I don't care where my kids do their schoolwork. They can lay on their beds. They can lay on my bed. They can lay on the couch. They can sit at the table. They can do whatever they wish. And it kind of varies by the subject where they choose to do it. But come Friday and Saturday, if you're behind, then you have to sit at the table with mom. Mm. And it's pretty boring. So anything else you ladies can think to share about scheduling or rhythms that you think would be beneficial to our listeners? There are just, there are tons of scheduling resources out there. I mean, you can just Google and find calendars Mm -hmm. galore from different homeschool bloggers and moms. Uh, Simply Charlotte Mason has a great book on planning and it's got some planning pages in it that are, you know, to help you plan out the blocks in your day. And that could be, some of that could be used by any, any philosophy. Everyone I know has something slightly different going on, mm-hmm. which is just goes to show that you you've got to find what works for you. And just, you know, also if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Don't try to fix it because you don't mm-hmm. need to. You know, it's just like any homeschool method, a book, curriculum, it's easy to get like, oh, I like that idea. And to, you know, even if what you've got going on is working to be distracted and then mm-hmm. throw everything off. Yeah. I think that, I think that is one thing that is key. I know Annie, you usually do your planning like in six week intervals. Mm -hmm. And I know again, when I started out August, I would sit down for a couple of days and I would plan out that whole year. And I would tell you (laughs) what lesson we were doing, what week and 
that just, I'm sorry, that's a setup for failure right there. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. And it's true. Like, I mean, I would have my planner that I would get and it would break down the weeks. It had like a planning page at the beginning of the planner where you could say, okay, what are you going to work on this week for what subject? And I would go through the whole, you know, books that I was using and be like, okay, this lesson this week, this lesson this week. Well, that there's just, there's no grace in that, right? There's no margin for, for life. And so I think one takeaway that I've learned in my years of homeschooling now is I do kind of what Annie does. I, I kind of do a month to six weeks at a time of planning it out and because life happens and it's not realistic to plan out the whole year like that in August and to think it's going to look like that in May. All it's going to do is frustrate you and think that you have failed when in reality, you're just living life. Yeah. And planning and schedule do, you know, go hand in hand with each other. The thing too, about homeschooling is that what's beautiful is that you can go at the pace that your kids need to go at. So you can speed up or slow down. So if you plan a whole year, you're not taking into account the unexpected, like not just life, but personalities, learning needs, learning styles, Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. those things. And, you know, it's, you have the freedom to, to change that and not to necessarily follow, you know, a traditional school schedule. When I was a public school teacher, we were always so pressured to get in every single unit by the end of the year. And you would sometimes race through things when everybody probably really needed to slow down and take more time because you felt like you couldn't do that. So I love that as a homeschooling mom. And if the girls want to rabbit trail about something, they get real passionate about a topic, then it's like, okay, we can pause and spend more time here Mm -hmm. because it's learning and it's valid. It's part of their, that's embracing their educational needs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say I only plan a week at a time for that reason. Sometimes we either shoot ahead and all of a sudden my oldest has done the next two science units. And I'm like, what, how come you're so far ahead? Oh, this was interested. And I just kept going. So then if I only go a week at a time, I can bump her ahead or we get too slow on something or grandparents came to visit. You know, we didn't do Mm -hmm. school at all on day, you know, Thursday or whatever. And you just can recalibrate at the end of every week and see where you need to pick up on Monday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's so good. Well, and and just a reminder, I know I've said this before, but when you're you're looking for ideas online, when you're Googling and you're finding homeschool blogs and and resources, just remind yourself uh, that those are for inspiration, not prescription. And uh, nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, rarely uh, does someone blog about their worst day? <laughs> That's true. They are blogging their clean schoolroom. Uh, they are blogging uh, the best day of their schedule. Mm-hmm. So use it as inspiration. Uh, don't beat yourself up if yours does not look like that. That is okay. Mm-hmm. That just made me think of another good resource. And again, only to take as inspiration, but I know Simple Homeschool, Jamie Martin, she's done a series for the last few years of, of A Day in the Life. And she has different bloggers, you know, post a day in the life of their homeschooling and what it looks like. And I always, I just, again, I just like gleaning some tidbits here and there from the different things. So All right, ladies. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed talking rhythm and schedule with you as we wrap up this episode. What is one thing that is bringing you joy in your homeschool? Who wants to go first? I will. I just got my new issue of Commonplace Quarterly, which is for me, not for the girls, Um, but it's a beautiful magazine 
put out for Charlotte Mason homeschoolers four times a year, just full of rich articles and beautiful artwork and always thought provoking. And it's each article is just long enough for me to like read one a morning and be a little bit uplifted and inspired. So I'm excited about that. I was gone uh, for four days last week uh, for some training. And when I went to the training, one of the attendees who knew that I homeschool said, well, when you're gone, do your kids have more work or less work? And I said, oh, they have more work. Um, so I left them with reports. So they each had to write a report. They picked an animal that they wanted to learn more about. And then uh, I found a file off of Teachers Pay Teachers. Homeschool teachers can use that uh, as well. And it, it just had wonderful templates for taking down research notes and organizing their information and putting it together in paragraph form. Just a wonderful template for my kids writing their first reports. And so mm-hmm. I'll link it in the show notes what I used, but it really allowed them to work on their own. It was really independent. They asked me a couple of questions, but that was it. And they finished those up this past week with their final drafts. And I'm really impressed with how they turned out. That's great. Okay. I honestly don't remember what I shared the last time. And I think it might be similar (laughs) to what I'm going to say this time, but bird watching is giving me joy right now. And honestly, my whole family, a dear friend sent me like a window cling bird feeder and the birds are coming right up to my window and it is amazing. I am loving it, loving it, loving it. So I can just sit in my chair and watch them. And my whole like whole family has been piled up on my bed, just sitting there watching them at some point. It's just been so much fun. Um, as I've shared before, February is just a long month for me. And so that has totally brought me joy this past month. Um, just watching the birds come to the feeder and see, it's like, you know, life, you know, it's letting me know spring is coming and the birds are chirping. So it's been great. Well, ladies, this has been fun. I've enjoyed talking with you. I know I always feel refreshed and motivated after we talk and just more on fire for um, this calling that we're following. So uh, listeners, we thank you for joining us and we hope this has been helpful to you as well. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.